Welcome back to the question and answer session uh, with Ray's Guide and Space Coder. If you missed the last episode where we talked about uh, server meshing and quanta, uh, a lot of technical stuff, very, very fascinating conversation. It was, I learned a lot from, from listening uh, right <laughs> up there, right above. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be right above Ray's head um, or D- Danny's head up there, right there. Uh, and uh, click that link. Go watch that as well. Um, if you haven't seen that, this, this Q&A might get a little bit confusing. Very depending confusing. on what questions we get. Depends on what questions we get. We're probably going to refer back to some questions, some some, some answers. So it might be important to do that. And uh, if you're listening to this on the the podcast version, just you know, go back to the previous episode. And uh, yeah, let's get started with this. And of course, as always, make sure that you're following both of these two uh, content creators. Their their stuff is in the description below. Uh, so just go watch everything from everybody. We all need the watch time. Just yes. Just, just go watch. <laughs> just leave it running. Just leave it running in the background while you, yeah. you know, do other things. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's how I use YouTube. I just put it on play and just, just let it roll from video to video. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, y'all are binge watching Netflix. Yeah. Might as well binge watch the Captain's Table. You might actually learn something. Yeah, you'll 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 learn that I've gotten better at managing people and also worse at the same time somehow. Um, <laughs> was it my first episode, like three and a half hours? Yes. Ending at three in the morning. <laughs> my girlfriend hating me. <laughs> and that was like a year ago. So like, that was like, that was like a, yeah. Yeah. All right. The first question, first question comes from Spader elite, um, which who asks, how does a bounty hunter catch a bounty that was transferred to a new shard? That the hunter did not get. Um, that the hunter did not get transferred to. Um, hopefully, that's going to be a function of the matchmaking system. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, at some point that that bounty won't even show up on somebody's radar if somebody else has it, or if it's because, based off of what I understand about how the virtual AI works, is that once something is a player is chasing after somebody or has something involved and they create a virtual AI that virtual AI will exist only in that area and probably only for that shard for that time period. Um, And then if no one comes and goes, grabs that virtual AI, it'll eventually fade back into the background, but it's, it's only spun up for certain aspects. So, okay. Well, is is the question you're asking about PvP or PvE bounties? That's a good question. Uh, that that I, I was presuming he was talking about a PvP bounty because oh, a PvE a bounty PvE. wouldn't wouldn't jump wouldn't jump shards. Shards, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I assume it would behave the same way. You know, when you have a player bounty and the bounty target logs out, the the bounty I think it disappears, it fails. So I would assume that's the same thing that would happen, though. If the matchmaking system is going to put people consistently into the same shards, then I would guess you know that bounty is going to reappear once that player logs back into the shard. But if they transfer shards, then I suppose their bounty is going to appear in the shard that they're going to log into. Right. But, yeah, you know, add I that to the hope- list of edge cases that need to be worked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would hope that the number of part in the priority of things that uh go into which uh shard they put you into if you've got an act if you're actively pursuing if you're in hot pursuit of a character that will that should be 
right at the top of the list of criteria about which shard to put you in. Because mm-hmm. if, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm in hot pursuit, I don't care if my friends are on this server. I don't care if the buddies in my buddy list are on this server. If the guy I'm trying to get is on this server, put me there. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I hope that that's, that's part of their priority list. It may, they may also change how bounties work. Right now they're missions, but in the future they could just be um, uh, achievement points. Effectively, um, you know this person is uh, wanted. You have a, a bounty board where you can go and see that these are the people who are wanted. Uh, and you can decide to take some of that information and you have that information on you, but it's not a mission that fails. It's just it'll fail when that person's caught. And you're not the person yeah, who, yeah. who drops yeah, them the, off. The only way to fail the mission is for somebody else to catch the guy. Yeah. So, yeah, there are multiple ways to approach this. Uh, yeah, we'll see if, how CAG does this. Uh, they're hopefully aware of the issue. CAG, if you're mm-hmm. not aware of the issue, now you're aware of the issue. Now you're aware of the issue. <laughs> there, there, there are some CAG members who do watch this show every so often. So, uh, so maybe. <laughs> I am sure the list of criteria that they're that they're working through in terms of how do you do the matchmaking system mm-hmm. is quite long. I mean, I, I can just I can just sit here and think of at least a half dozen um, uh, factors that you want to put into it. Mm. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from uh, Steve B. Dancer, who asks, "What do each of you think cargo refactor? Uh, okay, what what do each of you think cargo refactor will be delayed until CitizenCon? Question mark. I don't think so. Let me explain." because I think I can okay. explain this, this, this in a way. CIG, I, I like to use the word weasel words, but it's really that they, they do not, they're, they're engineers and, and developers. They are not going to fluff what they say they're going to do. They're going to say what they do, and they're going to do that no more and hopefully no less. So if you read the actual description of Cargo Refactor, all that the Cargo Refactor is is that the, the, the boxes that are on your ship that are full of commodities can now be picked up and moved and then put on somebody else's cargo grid. That's it. Now, that's a complicated factor, but it's not like there's going to say, oh, well, now we're going to spawn shit, the, this stuff in a, in a holding, in like a cargo grid, and then you're going to have to go pick it up with your, your, your tractor beams and put it in put it with point of B. All it is is making it so that those boxes which now still actually do spawn in your ship but are fake because you can just walk right through them physical and you can pick them up and move them if you need to and that's it so because that's all that they're that 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 feature is i think it'll probably make it in but i wouldn't expect it to necessarily revolutionize how many much stuff gets made ray what do you think or kind of in that same tier zero uh the, the, the tier zero uh, and I, th- I think they are going to push on because we now have ships in the game, both the raft and the hull A, who using them the way they're supposed to be used is going to mean being able to handle these, these cargo units as physicalized entities. So they're getting a little bit behind the eight ball on it. And they remember they promised that they were going to try to have ships and their underlying gameplay come out if not exactly the same time, at least close to the same time. And so they've, they've got ships that need the cargo refactor to behave like they should. And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, a high priority for at least the tier zero version of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think? Mr. I would agree. Uh, uh, the cargo refactor as it is, it may not bring 
completely revolutionary changes to gameplay. Trading might still behave the same way it does. Like boxes are going to pop up on your ship and they're going to disappear when you sell. But we will have the underlying technology to manipulate these boxes. And that could be used for something. You know, maybe derelicts are going to now have, you know, the big cargo boxes in them. You're Mm going to be able to carry those over to your ship and put them on your cargo grid. So they're they're probably going to push it out because it's not going to change everything. It's not going to be a revolutionary change, but the underlying technology is going to be in place. Yeah. Plus, you know, we already have ships that can somewhat use this. You know, we have the hulley, we have the raft. Uh, we'll see. But I think it's going to go up before CitizenCon because they've been promising this for a very long time. And I think it's, it, it, you know, I don't think they're going to hold it any further just because of CitizenCon. And, uh, and they're having to do refact, they're having to do workarounds for the fact that they don't have it yet. So, for yeah. example, they've greatly upped the internal storage capacity of cargo ships. So you can, so you can carry uh, ship components like yeah. mining heads and stuff. The way they would, I'm sure, prefer to be able to do that is to put that mining laser in a box and put the box on your cargo grid. Mm-hmm. Whereas rather having a, a invisible storage space, it's clearly too big for the ship that, it, that it's, it's fitting in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that's what they they're, they're planning on doing, which I think is a backdoor way of also hopefully meaning that salvage is going to be more than whole stripping, but also removing of components. But that's me yeah. being sniffing the copium at this point in terms of um, the, the hopium for that one. So it's hard. Yeah. There's nothing that's, that indicates that. So that will be a big change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, the the Steve clarified said you know but the tractor beams aren't coming until three nineteen, um, so there's no way it's going to come in. And the answer is the bigger boxes, the like one SCU crates, can be moved by your hand tool. So that's probably the biggest we'll see. It's about yeah mitigating factors. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. We'll figure more stuff out later. But we need to get this part done and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. And they've already have as an item in the game, although not really complete, in a a rifle size um, mm-hmm. tractor beam, yeah, which undoubtedly will be able to lift more. And they might even have some sort of a, uh, I don't know, like a, a spacey spacey lift truck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and you know, I, I have been considering a concept of like a rock DS, but instead of the mining arm, it has a big tractor beam to move boxes around. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be yeah. fun. It'd be it'd be uh, something useful for for the Rock DS to to actually you know be yeah. useful for yeah. us instead of just <laughs> a, a worse rock. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, and also just like what we're talking about with like temporary factors, like in three seventeen, you can move weapons and cargo or uh, and and components, but it's just a little paper representation that you throw into your inventory of your ship um Mm -hmm. and it i wouldn't be surprised if they just said hey you little hand tractor beam now it can it can hold bigger bigger uh bigger weight now why because yeah (laughs) because temporary because we don't have the bigger tractor beam gun or anything else in there so um all right next question comes from steve b dancer who asks with the incoming of quantum do you feel they should get those stock exchange like TVs and trade centers working? I think we already answered that question. <laughs> well, that would be a perfect location for the display we were talking about in terms mm-hmm. of making the economy visible and playable to the users. 
but will they do it? Probably not soon. <laughs> I mean, there there was a commodity kiosk that is supposed to be in uh, three that's on the progress tracker, which ends around the same time as the the cargo uh, refactor is the same month, in fact. So possibly if the kiosk is what I th- they think it is or this what the way they describe it is, it could be. Um, and that could yep. be the, the solution that we were talking about earlier about knowing what's 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 where. Um, but that could also just be managing uh, content or, you know, commodities. That's all it could be, you know. Well, well so, they've so. talked for a long time about being able to do render to texture and, you know, having dynamic advertisements on boards, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's and I mean, they did it during Invictus and IAE with the with the boards playing the ads and stuff. So I, yeah, I think they could do it. Like I think they have the technology to do it. I think they just need to kind of implement the UI of it. And there's possibly some communication aspect missing, but it would it would be great because finally you would kind of have actually a reason to look up at those boards and be like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not gonna sell here. I'm gonna go somewhere else to sell this. Stonks good. Stonks go up. I sell. Yes. Yeah. Um, Stonks, Stonks Green is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next question comes from Steve B. Dancer, who asks, um, do you feel that with quantum controlling prices that AI blades for trade should be made soon? Gray or Denny? <laughs> um, one thing I, I'm, I'm saying in this video I'm editing right now is that from the player standpoint, when it's fully implemented, quanta are your competition. Uh, it, this, this PVE for a trader or for a miner or for really most of the professions is actually PVQ. You're trying to get the best routes and the best hauls faster than the quanta can. But the quanta, there's nine times as many of them, and they can work at machine speeds. So they're going to need to be, to be able to do something to kind of level that playing field because in, in PVQ, you're going to get stomped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, it's nine, nine to one. You're just going to. Well, and they operate at computer speeds and they have full access to all the data. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you think, Space Cutter? Uh, I have to agree with Ray. I, I don't exactly see how a trade computer blade would work. But considering we've ha- we haven't heard anything about computer blades, I don't think it's going to happen soon. Like maybe it's going to, you know, you're going to put it in your computer and it's going to tell you the prices of things in the system because it's going to detect it from like the information streams or, yeah, I just, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. It's, this is the, there's a lot higher priorities. Yeah. Yeah. This is the tantalizing year. Like this year, like a lot of the stuff that's being added is just, just the first little, little toe dip into something, the server meshing or, 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 you know, trade commodities and. Uh, quanta these are all just little toe dips into the into the deeper pond and it feels like like that's the the, situ- where the situation we're in where it's like i want we all want to have the ai blades in our computer or in our uh, ships so that we can figure out what we want to do and all the sort of things but i don't think that's quite going to make it this year we're not getting ai blades and npc crew until multi-crew experience is where cig wanted to be yeah that's and, when we're going to get npc crew and ai blades and my prediction is that's not going to happen at Laughter Squadron 42. Of course not. All, yeah. all, all of their AI attention is going into the AI crew in Squadron 42. And they've said uh, we'll, much, we'll, so. In the PU, we're going to get follow-on from that. And it, it may be, depending on how good a job they do in Squadron 42, a very nice thing after 
it's been debuted in Squadron 42. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I do think that there's a there's a complex system they've been developing in the background, which every so often pops its head up in the uh, the monthly reports, which is uh, the classic Chris Roberts, uh, you know, orders to your wingman sort of thing. But it's a lot more complicated than than Wing Commander ever was. It's a lot more orders that you can do. <laughs> uh, so that'll be interesting if it if it makes its way to to Star Citizen. Well, bear in mind, Squadron Forty Two, we can we can have a fully crewed, fully autonomous Idris. With, I guess, 40, 40 crew members all going about doing their life uh, completely without you, uh, just from subsumption AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but can interrupt that whatever they're doing because you walk by. Yeah. That's, that's going to be pretty cool. We can also do that in the PU. Yeah. You walk in the wrong neighborhood where nobody likes you because you decided to, to hurt the wrong, you know, crime boss. You know, you better hope you can run fast. You better, your stamina's not, not too down. <laughs> Uh, all right. Steve Dancer asks, with the release of rivers on planets, will roads between locations be soon? Hmm. No. Well, they did say it's the same tool that yes. can do this. It's but tool, no. Yeah. I, 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 I think yes, but after Pyro. I think yeah. Pyro is where we'll see it. If we see it... Also, we'll you kind of have to consider that most planetary locations are too far away from each other mm-hmm. to for it to be practical to build a road when you have spacecraft that that is able to cover that distance in minutes mm-hmm. right so i think it would be a fairly we might see this as a way of kind of expanding outposts where you know you're going to have your primary outpost but that outpost is going to have like a little offshoot like it's going to be mining outpost and it's going to have a little offshoot where you're going to have a couple of those uh, mining drills and there's going to be a road you know one two kilometers going somewhere but I don't think we're going to see it soon. The next step from the rivers is to create a, hydro- a hydrology simulation, which is not hard to do. There, there's plenty of games that have done this. A hydrology simulation that they can just apply it to the whole planet and the uh, humidity levels at each thing, and, and it will figure out where the where the rivers are. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they they can't be placing rivers one by Maybe. one yeah. for yeah. a whole planet, much less multiple planets. Now, when it comes to rows, what I am hoping we do is that it becomes a function available basically with the Pioneer. I build my base, and I can build roads to my friends whose bases are nearby. That's what, really what I want to see from roads more than the system somehow generating some complex network of them. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to outland paving truck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> $180 L- LTI. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there is a spot for roads that will happen in, in the verse, but it has to happen in various specific locations for very specific reasons. You need to have a, a you need to have a place where, where you go with roads. And as, uh, Danny was saying, like, there needs to be, if, if you are building a place and your friend's building a place nearby, building a road that makes it so that's easier for you to travel from point A to point B makes sense, especially since, Star Citizen has a problem of too many rocks everywhere. So having a, a, a nice cleared out path where you can just drive a, a, a vehicle from point A to point B is that's a road. It doesn't matter if it's got pavement or not. It's a road. And so something like that, even just like a pathing tool that you could use would be nice. So yeah, I do already profess to fondness for railroad tycoon twos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. 
But uh, I think I think with in terms of seeing the CIG implement that tool first, it would likely be in a place like Hurston, and they'd still have to have a location to go to in the first place. And Hurston yeah. right now is Lorville and a bunch of outposts. So until we have right. smaller somewhere between a landing zone and an outpost, like a town or a village, which we'll see with Pyro, then we, we there's no reason to have roads. And there's like yeah, I a, mean, go ahead. if they built a road say, between Lorville and Edmond. As you know, Edmond's really close to Lorville. Yeah. But if they built a road between Lorville and Edmond, would you take it? Or would you just hop in your you know, Avenger air and just, you know, zoom yeah. there at, you know, hundreds of kilometers, you know, per minute? Get there in a minute rather than, you know, 20 minutes yeah. or an hour. I mean, maybe the, maybe the first time it might be, you know, interesting and novel, but yeah, you know, so the second time you're probably going to be taking, you know, taking yeah. your cargo ship. I mean, eventually, you know, it's it's going to be there are going to be places eventually where it's just going to be safer to take a road than to fly because let's say there is only one location where you can land a ship on the planet. Everywhere else is a hurricane strength wind twenty four seven. Wait, I just I think I just described Hurston and Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> and but, I think- you know. I think it's more of exploration of things like NPCs, you know, and in, in, yeah. in a world like Star Citizen, you know, why would you uh, if it like the NPCs might take a, a vehicle because it's just costs less than to than the fuel yeah. to fly a ship or just because it's, it's it's out of out of the way if you try to fly with a ship. But again, that comes back to we need quanta working. We need quanta in the game. We need to be able that needs to, be able to, to to practice. There needs to be a reason for people to be in that outpost. There's like a, there's like 15 different things that need to happen before roads, um, <laughs> you know, to even make sense. So that's why I don't think we, we'd see it anytime soon. I think we're more likely to see lava flows before we see roads. Yeah, yeah, lava flows are, are basically the river tech, but applied mm. to a different uh, different fluid. It's still a case of it automatically flowing from a high place to a low place along the course of gravity. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Gum, uh, Gumne, who asks, was Digital CitizenCon, quote unquote, bigger than previous years? Not in terms of content, but in, in regards to viewership. Being digital, someone um, uh, like me was able to feel more involved or able to see more of it. Um, it was actually less viewed than previous citizen cons, but I think it was longer than previous citizen cons may have been a slightly bit shorter, but it was more. It lacked the excitement. Yeah. 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 No one was like very few people were going to tune in to digital citizen con because they knew that it was all pre-rendered or pre-recorded. Yeah. If you know, people will tune into uh, an announcement by Sony at an E3 conference, not because they're interested in hearing the, the the announcements, but they want to see the announcements. They want to hear the press and the crowd lose their minds because this next uh, installment is coming out or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's all about showmanship, and it wasn't very showy. It was I liked it, but I don't think it was very popular. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. Uh... Kind of to call back on the showmanship and the crowd and the reporters. The first Citizen Con that I saw was the one where they released the Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they would roll the Valkyrie commercial and then the gameplay demo would start. 
and Chris Roberts would be on stage and he'll be commenting on, on the whole thing. And suddenly, you know, the Valkyrie flies and he's like, oh, that's the new Anvil Valkyrie flyable, straight to flyable in the next patch. And everybody in the room just loses their minds. Mm-hmm. And that's what we lacked with the Digital Citizen Con. But hopefully it's this year it's, it's going to be, you know, live and in person, assuming there's not going to be a new plague. Yeah. And, and the sense of, of anything could happen. You know, part of the fun with Citizen Con was, was Chris Rapper saying, Camera one, camera one, go get a camera red one. one, red one, red one, red one. <laughs> oh, poor Jared. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this is a question specifically for you, Space Coder, from okay, um, no. <laughs> uh, Drekith, who asks, How long will it take to make a Rust Society web tool to track fuel repair and commodity prices? Well, if I didn't have anything else to do with my life, uh, probably like a week. Uh, but since I'm getting like 25 minutes of, of sleep a day because I have so much shit to do, uh, I guess we're going to have postponed that until like July when I have 10 days of doing nothing in between jobs. <laughs> and I'm probably going to be losing my mind trying to figure out something to do. <laughs> and and again, it's, it's, you can only carry crowdfunding to uh, crowdsourcing of the information so far. Yeah. If they're not going to provide the hooks, I mean, we, we, you can see that with the current trading apps like um, Galactic Logistics, SC mm-hmm. Trading Tools. Yeah. Uh, but the people on, behind them are working like, you know, really hard, but you just can't keep up the commodity prices yeah. everywhere. Um, just with uh, expecting users to run around with a, with a ship of, of, with one micro SCU of every single commodity and just, yeah. just to see what the prices are at the trade journal. That's, that's, re- that's absurdly inefficient. Yeah. Also, I mean, uh, part of the reason the armory doesn't use any crowdsourced data right now, and it probably never will, is you know what is the reliability of that information? Like, how do you define that a piece of information is true and reliable? Because you know, I could have people submitting information about fuel prices, but if I have a bunch of people like thinking like, oh, you know what, fuck space coder, fuck that guy, mm-hmm. we're just gonna like send him bogus data then that's just going to destroy the entire value of, of that tool. And obviously, you know, there are ways of filtering this data. But at that point, I'm just creating a headache for myself trying to work around people being assholes. Yeah, you, need, you need a trusted org yeah. of, of a bunch of members. Yeah. And obviously, not everyone's going to be willing to just run around and look look at fuel prices 24-7 because, you know, quantum is going to make it that the fuel price is going to be very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it's, it's not going to be player-based mostly. It's going to be NPC-based. So it's not even yeah. based off of tracking the number of players going through an area because it's NPCs yeah. you don't even see right. <laughs> that you are can, going through the area. You, you, you can even see that in action if you have a star fair. Just, mm-hmm. just go up to a location and every few minutes hit the auto price button. And you'll see the price jumping up and down over just a matter of a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So trying to keep up with that without hooks. Uh, so, you know, I, data. I think the question shouldn't be how long it would take because it's an arbitrary question. The question is, would it be a good idea to make this? And the answer is no. No. Because the data is just not reliable or it's not there. Not until CAG gives us the option to do this. And they can either give us an API, like I keep saying, like, give us an API. It's going to make a lot of people who do this happy. 
Like, I would be so happy if I didn't have to decrypt CIG's file structure to get data into the armory. I think Urkel would also be happy that they don't have to figure out how the hell the power triangle works. Mm-hmm. Good job, by the way, on that. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, but I think if CIG are going to do that, I think they would rather go the way of like, oh, we're going to give them a mobby glass app that's going to like tell them where fuel costs how much. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. Well, right. it's going to happen soon, TM. TM, yeah. <laughs> Next question. In, in, in geologic time. <laughs> Some, sometime before the heat death of the universe. Um, yeah, Drake Lithax asks, uh, do you think CIG will go as far as creating in-game news channel to present important slash relevant quanta data? No. Yes, no. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see the payoff for the amount of work it would take. No. Yes. Do I think that they will make an in-game news channel for important events that happen in the stories of Star Citizen? Yes, 100%. Because, yeah. you know, a radio show just requires a voice actor who's willing to read lines, and then you just can those lines and repeat them on, yeah. on until you get the new updates. Who could that be? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this um, is Daniel Raymond with the news before nine. And- <laughs> um, and and the one thing that CIG is repl- is is resplendent with is is talent in either the community or in in the various um, uh, uh, agencies that they've hired. Um, since you know all these voice actors who play, who's who are in Star Citizen end up <laughs> like streaming the game or being part of the Star Citizen community, so yeah. <laughs> If we I mean, see something like that, it'll be the lore team and not yeah. the uh, uh, yeah. the not Zerofix team. No, yeah. and plus, you know, there there are plenty of people who do news type stuff in Star Citizen. Just mm-hmm. off the top of my head, Imperial Geographic. I've mm-hmm. been with those guys for for a long time. Cosmonaut Magazine. I am with those guys right now. And Fast Forecast, who do weather reports and pirate reports and traffic reports and. So many others that I can't think of because I haven't encountered Zark, them. Zark Media. Zark Media, yeah. yeah. You know, people uh, who do this as a, as a community thing, as a content. And I think that's going to be the actual way news is going to happen in Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. Because they're, you know, CIG might be releasing, you know, the events, the story relevant stuff. But uh, what's happening with the community, with the players, I think the players are going to be their own reporters for this. Yeah. Now, hopefully, yeah. CIG finds a way of putting those people into the game so that you have a way of accessing it in yeah. the game rather than having to go to a separate source to be able to access that, 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 that content as well. So. Yeah. The, the tough, the tough challenge there is vetting the, um, yeah. the providers. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want someone just sitting there going, just, just broadcasting porn through your, <laughs> or, 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 or suddenly deciding that, that, you know, they just, they, they're fed up and they're going to spend the next hour talking about Donald Trump. Yeah. One way, one way or the other. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you don't you don't want that kind of stuff to end up because then that ends up with news headlines and then bad stuff happening. Yes, so but yeah, it, it it winds up reflecting on the the venue that's hosting him. Yep. Uh, all right. Treesan asks for all participants, what is something you wish f- all new Star Citizen players knew? As well as what would you would be the one thing you would tell a dev at this time? I'll start with this one because I'll start with the dev. If I could tell a dev something, I would tell uh, Eric. You know who I am. 
Eric, stop working and go to sleep. Dear God, man, feedback is not that important. Sometimes you just need to sleep. You have literally a, a, a group of people, some of people who were part of the community who you hired recently. Go to sleep. <laughs> so that's, um, uh, oh, I forgot his, his handle. He's another community member who's in charge of the, uh, like the, all the feedback stuff now. Um, uh, every time I meet him in person, because he's here in Austin, uh, whenever every time I meet him in person, he's like, he's like, oh yeah, uh, I just got to finish this this one little thing here or there. It's like, it's like, dude, it's like we're bowling. Just, just put down the game for a bit and enjoy, enjoy friends. Come on, not whack out. No, um, sleep. What is sleep? <laughs> I haven't heard of that. Jaden, Jaden works with him. He's, he's, he's so he's like, yeah, not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if I was to tell one thing to a new, uh, which one thing I wish Star Citizen players knew, uh, new, new Star, all new Star Citizen players knew, would be um, the history of the game, because that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I see new players or people from the outside is uh, kind of put pick up is they say, oh, like I had a, com- a guy conversation with a guy here on my stream the other day who said. Um, this game is being made to sell technology. And as someone who's been following the game for a long time, I was like, that, that sounds insane. This is nothing like what the game was. I was here for a lot of the early discussions in the community. This was, this game was designed to be a game. It just, they have to build a lot of new technology to make it work. They didn't build this game to sell to Amazon. (laughs) Like this isn't a, a game that was being built by, you know, like I'll say a, a Sony uh, company or, or Microsoft that was designed just to showcase their, you know, consoles, like which, which often happens, um, you know, and, and, and those sorts of contexts, you know, people not really getting the changes of the game and how the game has changed in terms of its scope, the process that it took place. Uh, Cause I think that gives you a lot of understanding of why the game is taking so long or what's going on with the game behind the scenes is understanding that past because it's easy to just take one look at a game like star citizen and just come up with a two second explanation, which has nothing to do with anything that actually happened in the game uh, or in the development process. So, uh, 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 Danny, what do you, what do you think? What um, would you, would you think would, what do you, what's one thing you wish all new star citizen players knew? And what would be one thing you would tell a dev at this time? Okay. Um, I have done a video called 50 Things New Players Should Know, and one that's called 10 Things New Players Should Know, one that's called 25 Things New Players Should Know, and they Go all had it. the same. Go watch they it. All had, <laughs> they all had the same number one, and that is that we are seeing a game in its childhood or adolescence, and part of the fun is going to be watching it grow up to be an adult. And if you can't take that attitude, that we're having fun watching this child being part of this child growing up to be adult, you are likely going to be disappointed and frustrated. So that's why that is what I would I what I have told told new players. It's always the number one thing on the list. The thing I would tell developers is a little more complicated, and that is we're big boys and girls. Don't think you have to tell us just what we want to hear. We can handle disappointment. If something is truly impossible or truly never going to be possible to do, don't think we can't take it if you tell us that it's technically impossible because of the speed of light. 
to have one giant global shard, that it is not within the uh, capabilities of any current generation graphics card to have a hundred a hundred ship battle at the fidelity of the, we do our ships. You know, don't be a, don't think you can't tell us things we don't want to hear. We can we we can hear things we don't want to hear and not suddenly decide. Oh my gosh, it's a scam. <laughs> Space cutter, same question. Well, uh, one thing every new player should know is that Star Citizen is not just a game. It's a community. It's a project. It's a dream. It's a dream of one person, Chris Roberts. But there's so many other people who are now working towards that dream. Us included, the backers and the content creators and everybody else. And. It's not going to be easy to achieve that. It's going to suck a lot. And I think that's something everybody needs to realize. And for everything else, uh, I have a very nice tutorial series called, called Noob to Citizen. Go watch it. <laughs> and what I would say to the devs, uh, also what Ray said, that you know they can tell us the bad stuff too. We, we may bitch about it, but we understand. Uh, but kind of a note, uh, not really to the devs, but more to the people who make content for Star Citizen. Whoever it is that stands behind the camera whenever Tony Z speaks and tells him to shut up when he's about to reveal too much, please stop. We don't need you. Just let the man speak, please. <laughs> mm. At least I well, think they have someone behind the camera. Because if you look at the Tony Z video, he's like looking behind the camera all the time. Like he's saying things and he's just looking behind the camera. And I, <laughs> and I bet you there's someone being like, no, no, no. <laughs> And, and there's probably somebody in an earpiece on Chris Roberts saying, don't give release dates, don't give release <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, generally, you know, what Ray said, like, we, we may not receive the bad news well, but we want to know. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to live in a, I don't want to say delusion, but we, we want to know where this is going, even if it's maybe not going the ideal way we would like it to go. All right. Next question from Infer- Infernal Droid Re- uh, Revised, who asks, "Do you think it would help to have Stanton, or sorry, Station NPCs bark relevant quanta events that have affected the prices in the system, so players could benefit from spending time in food courts and shops, etc." Mm. Maybe you know what? I, you know what would feel better than a bark? Would be some guys whispering at a table. Yeah. And if you kind of sneak beside them, you get a little diegetic sound. You know, I'm told that uh, Laronite's uh, just got a new shipment at uh, Arista L5. But don't try to treat that as a substitute versus for getting us no. a, real, yeah. a real interface. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be nice, but it's more of a fluff yeah. to kind of flesh it out rather than a to- hard data point. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things as a lore guy, as the guy who does a, who looks a lot of Star Citizen lore. Um, one of the things that I've been like hoping CG adds for for the longest time is just di- just people talking to each other, because that'll just by hearing conversations in a, in a in a station would give you a lot of context for the universe, what's going on around it, who's involved, yeah. what the actions that are happening, and it make you feel like you're in an actual lived in universe. So uh, yeah, I'd be like that, but it's not an immersion item. Yeah. yeah. 
but it's but it's not it's not a replacement for uh, an app that we can actually see the data. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from Witch Space, who asks: Big space battles and meshing. How do you think they will manage multiple large ships, javelins each having fifty person crews, and smaller ships in proximity? They've actually talked about this. They have talked about that. Yeah. It's um, yeah. the 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 load unload or something like that. I can't remember what it is. Effectively, that they can call out the interior <laughs> of a ship to anyone around it so that the server or the players aren't actually picking up anything inside that ship. You just see the shell. Um, and the people inside the ship aren't don't care about anything outside the ship. So that'll the minimal they'll have minimal updates, but they won't be able to really see anything and if you look through a window then you get that streamed in data of what you can just see but that cone of vision is very small compared to what the players in a fighter would see so that will help remove the internals of that ship and of course they've even talked about the ideas of using bigger ships of having internal like servers for those bigger ships as well if they wanted to but that's not that's not until dynamic meshing happens because they've even talked about how i believe that they don't want to put in hard code that this javelin has its own server because they don't want to have to, if if they don't need to put a spin up a server inside that javelin, they don't want to, they'd rather be more flexible. So, and and then you got the whole question of the Atlas service is the Atlas service Mm -hmm. trying to create territories within now the territory might only have the javelin inside of it, or does the, the uh, Atlas service, now have these movable territories uh, mm-hmm. that that are actually moving along with the uh, the javelin. So it so it, it may not have that 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 certainly won't be early on a feature set of the Atlas service, but um, but you may wind up at having a situation where a large space battle might have several mer- um, several mesh servers in the same space battle I, because that's really not going to help too much, you know. It, they'll get error diminishing returns because still your your graphics card has to render all this. Mm. Uh, one of the things I said in my last server meshing video is that they need to kind of create means of having large space battles, whereby um, the the space battle is re, is uh, resolved by the effects of a number of skirmishes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're going to try to create a massive server. Um, that was going to simulate the entire Western front of world war two. You're not going to try to create that as one gigantic thing. You'll have a few little battles, you have a mm-hmm. battle on this server, battle on that server, battle on that server, and battle on that server. And depending on how each of those battles go, the, the front lines move up or the front lines move back. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, when they really get into the server mesh, you'll, you'll probably, what I'm expecting they will try to do, is create a, a situation where, say, if you're having an org versus org war, in order to score towards the victory, you have to control this land area over here and this asteroid over there mm-hmm. and uh, this space station there all at the same time so that you're, you're, you'll have to spread around your forces. And so even though you've got a huge space campaign going on at once, you're not having to do it by putting all those ships in one place. And that'll actually be more fun for the users because mm-hmm. you get to a certain point where your brain can only process yeah. so much at one time. And so you, if, if you can create a situation where each battle is big enough that your brain can comprehend it easily, it'll be more fun mm-hmm. yeah. uh, than if you're trying to have one 100 or 200 ship battle. 
yeah. which will just overwhelm your brain and your graphics card. Yeah. Um, and and someone's uh, you know which face then said you know that's fine but people aren't on on board aren't and that aren't in turrets yeah but if you're in turrets that means that if you're in a turret you don't care about the internals of the ship so if you were in yeah. a turret you would just call out all that information in the ship because all that stuff is just garbage you're fighting fighters you don't need to know what's 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 cooking in the uh, in the in the mess you know <laughs> so uh, that it's another thing it's like if the trees fall in the woods you don't need it you know and no one's around to hear it who who cares to, if it's there or not. Uh, space card, yeah. if I. Yeah, so it, it is going to happen. No matter how much CIG you're going to try to spread the big wars over mm. a larger space so it's on multiple servers, it's going to happen. Some idiots are going to take eight javelins. They're going to just start shooting at each other somewhere for the lulz. And I, at that point, I think we're going to come back to uh, the point where you came to in, in the first part of the show that... CIG can't do anything about it. It's going to happen and the performance is going to suck. Like, okay, you may have your own server to do that because the dynamic server mesh is going to give you a server to do that. Or maybe it's going to give you multiple servers if if the mesh determines that you need multiple servers. But then you kind of are going to have decreased performance because you're going to have all these projectiles and fighters and stuff flying back and forth. And they're going to be transferring between the different, different servers. And it's just going to perf- not perform well. It's not going to be a satisfying experience for you. Uh, so I think, you know, Ray was right. And CH, you're going to try to concentrate combat and events with a lot of ships to certain areas where they are limited by the area itself in what type of weaponry can be deployed. Like, you're gonna, not going to fly a javelin into an asteroid field because yeah. you're going to blow up your javelin. And, and that's going to be the type of... Uh, situation you're going to be in and then you know you might have some open space that you need to control you know some some gas area gas cloud and there you might deploy a javelin yeah. but you know it's it's going to be a different situation but if your victory conditions include taking these two underground facilities and this cave well you're not going to be flying your javelin into either of those no so yeah. that's the kind of thing you can make part of this situation mm-hmm. that you know you have to spray. You send twenty people into a into a cavern, and they're on their own their own little thing. Even though it ha- will have an effect on whether that team uh, wins the battle. Yeah, and, it, and it's important to also remember that even though that this is these are these are uh, more rigid ideas, you can also think about more fluid areas. Like we know that javelins can't go down onto planets. I mean, they can do it down once, um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't go back. Um, so you wouldn't have a javelin flying over Hurston. The most you'd have is maybe an Idris. And even then, are you going to bring an Idris to a ground battle where you're just going to get this big target that's going to get slammed by every, any (laughs) anti-aircraft guns that are available? No. And so these are some of these problems will solve themselves just because if you're an idiot, you're just going to lose it. And so they don't have to, it's a lot easier to render wreckage than it is to render an entire, you know, Idris. So there'll be some aspects which will naturally funnel these things together. And if you're in the middle of deep space and you're shooting at rocks or shooting at each other in the middle of nowhere, there's nothing to render but the blackness of space and the other ships. So as long as the, the game can handle those ships in the space moving around, it won't be as hard to render that as it is to render all of Loreville. So but mischievous players will always be able to push the size of a space battle mm-hmm. beyond the limits of their own graphics cards. Yes. And, and yeah. that's where... 
And that's where user education comes into play. And what I said earlier, CJIG just being willing to tell us what we probably wish we didn't want to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some some things are going to be limited. And uh, I mean, personally, I think what's going to happen is they're going to limit the size of the, um, the, the, the shards to what the maximum number of players could be in one area fighting each other or to yeah, whatever. And shards is. won't get very big. Yeah. So, that, and that's, that's one of those things. It's like, then shards are going to be, you know, they, they, they'll be at most, you know, at best, if, if everything is perfect, you know, those three regional shards, but possibly not. But even that, you, you know, with, with three regional shards, you're still be able to bring far more people into a location yeah. than their graphics cards could render. Yeah. There are a lot of issues with this. Mm-hmm. A lot of very complicated technical issues that, I mean, I'm sure the three of us could probably come up with a solution. But, you know, CAG have whole teams Please. of people who have done this in, in other games to figure this out. And all we really can do here is wait and see what they what they come up with. CAG literally pays people to do this, so... Um. <laughs> and, and the thing is, we would probably come up with a solution that we thought would work. Yeah. And they would say, uh, you're forgetting this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you got a point. Okay, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Uh, all right. Treesan asks, what feature do you feel is the most needed in Star Citizen now? I think we answered that with the way to see what quantum is doing to the universe. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it's I think it's important. I think right now though is slightly different. I think if we were going to add a feature to the game right now, it would be uh, the Gen Twelve renderer. Getting that done, and in implemented or, or or Vulcan, because I think that will do a lot for people's, especially low end low end low end PCs, yeah. to help them perform better. Uh, and I'm sure it'll also free up a lot of in, in memory for CIG as well, because. Um, Everything I've heard them talk about Gen 12 is like it's 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 this magical thing that lets them render things at different stages a lot easier and, and, and have lar- lar- larger larger uh, draw calls and all these sorts of different things like that. So more draw calls. It, it's good. Things. But whenever someone starts to describe something as a magical technology. Uh, uh, know, yeah. No. no, it's it, 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 it tingles your spidey sense a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, your spidey sense should be going like, yeah, you know, when, when they when they mention magical technology or blockchain, you should yeah. run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um it seems to be what CIG seems to to feel like is the most important tech for them to improve the the experience of players right now. And so if I was to say, say one thing, it would be that it'd be that. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's discreet in the sense yeah. that uh, it's not relying on too much of what's going on with server meshing, quantum, mm-hmm. and the other major systems. It's, it's right there with the, the graphics driver. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been holding off on buying a new graphics card, but if they, they come out with, with, uh, with a gen 12 render, I, I may finally uh, open my wallet for a new graphics card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think we can agree that this is, a necessary feature that would be very nice to see and that is actually possible to see because it is more or less independent on other development. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also would say the, the thing we talked about earlier, the, the just it, knowing what the quanta economy is doing, that is, is, that is indispensable to yeah. the future of the game. And, and at least in terms of CIG's public discussion, yeah, pretty absent. 
I, I think yeah. I, I think the only thing I can even remember is them talking about the commodities kiosk, and it's been more of a whispered rumor and discussion. And it's a part. It's it's one point on the progress tracker, but we've heard nothing else about it. So, mm-hmm. um, Ionic Gecko asks the cargo refactor and the quantum simulation. What are the ways which you see them interacting? Uh, yes, that's that's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, you know, quantum's going to affect all of your prices of everything, and mm-hmm. so it's going to be um, uh, affecting it certainly in that way. But it, even more so, I think there's also the whole question about how do we interact with um, in the PVQ game? How how do we have a chance of uh, competing against these hundred thousand bots, mm-hmm. and so one of the things you know I've long been advocating for is what I call an offer acceptance model, where we don't have to um, run around and only then find out if they've got the materials we want, and only then find out what price it is. Uh, we need to kind of like you know ring them up and say I want to. Do you have you know, laranite for sale and they'll say yes we have this amount and i said okay reserve that laranite here's my money i'll be there in an hour and if I, I, that's that's what i call the offer acceptance model you know they come out and say we have a thousand laranite to sell we sell to you for this price and if we can see that and say the quanta can see it a couple minutes later now we've got a way that we can compete against the the, the quanta and in a fun way so it there may be that as a um a way in which Quanta and the cargo refactor and our ability to play um, yeah. with it is all going to sort of intersect. Space curve? I would say if, if you're asking for the most direct way the two are going to interact, then you know how you occasionally quantum and you get interdicted and you find a wrecked ship? Well, oh. that ship's going to have some boxes of cargo in it. Yeah. And quantum's going to determine based on what's what quanta are trading right now what boxes those are going to be yeah and that's it the most direct simplest possible interaction i could Pro- think of probably the also obviously the prices of what uh, what commodity is going to be where and what's yeah. available where will be tracked by the quanta because right now we're so used to this this tradings or this this mining area has this this and this materials but in the distant future it will have a number of different materials, possibly even byproducts of those materials because they'll yeah. be tracking them. And sometimes they'll have gold. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll have copper. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll have waste rock. Sometimes they won't. It just depends on what yeah. what quanta like are coming into trade at that, that site and what they're pulling up and all that sort of things. And so you'll I expect they'll, they'll start to probably like, to, we'll probably start to see different commodities available at different locations. And if something has a runover where it's like this one, you know, food, everyone's, you know, they saw that food was high value at uh, Port Allisar. So everyone just ran food over to Port Allisar. So now Port Allisar is overstocked with food. They got to get rid of it because those space potatoes are going to go bad. So they're selling it at a discount price. So normally you would go there and be like, there's no food to trade and commodities, but now there's You're talking about Kumarit. But it does not go bad. This <laughs> <laughs> <Peace> potato. <laughs> if your potato goes bad, you're doing something wrong, Kumarit. Why not turning your potatoes right? 
Potato um, is going bad. You make vodka. We have, <laughs> we have, we have special space potatoes. Just potato. Um, Why is it that on every show I, I do my Russian accent? Or, or you, or you, or you bring up um, the 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 Lada. One of the two is this, every, every Yeah, it's, it's it's either the space Lada or, or is the Russian accent. Yes, every show. Uh, There's right. no question on the Cuddy Black now. So. <laughs> <laughs> The the cutty black is 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 yes the, is the, the space lotta. Uh, <laughs> Ionic Gecko asks how and where do you think we'll be able to uh, sell stolen cargo? Uh, Grimhex and probably three night starting at three eighteen. Because any place in Pyro probably yeah. yeah. Um, because it's important to remember that they already track stolen go- uh, goods. They can they they can register anything as stolen if it's not if they want yeah. to. So, yeah. um, and everything is tracked. The commodities are tracked. By the time they have the boxes in, each box probably have its own serial number, its own tracking code that it's it's printed yeah. on the box, so that they can they you know uh, it's printed on the box, but it's also just a digital code, a little tag that they'll have in the database that they can mark as stolen or not. So. Some of the less reputable R and D's probably as well. Yeah, probably. Like Ornth. Um, my favorite R and D. Because they buy all the drugs. Uh, <laughs> um Trouble Magnet asks, AI longshoreman to load and unload cargo. Sooner or later prior uh, priority for you. Later. Yeah. I I I, I disagree. Um, I have a Hercules C2 in my, uh, in my inventory and I am not going to be individually loading and unloading 409, was it 496, uh, 600, 600, yeah, yeah, the first, you know, the tier zero of loading cargo (laughs) is going to be something like, okay, you bought this much cargo and there's going to be a second slide where it's going to be like, how many personnel would you like to hire to load this for you? And it'll change the timer. And that's going to be it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to so change that, the, timer. the timer. Yeah. Yeah. They've even yeah, said I, it in the... I don't... Go ahead. Now, I don't suspect you're going to see individual, you know, 30, 40 longshoremen out there with their... Uh, yeah. That, if it happens, will come much later. But the ability that you can load and unload a Caterpillar or a Hercules just by paying... Uh, mm. yeah. I suspect that'd be tier zero uh, yeah. cargo refactor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I figure you know that would come with the refactor because it feels like something they could do, something they have talked about doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Question is whether for them that is truly tier zero. If because I think tier zero might just be okay. Yeah, the boxes are now physicalized. We can now track ownership, and this is the basic stuff. And yeah. now. Yeah, we were talking about that before the stream that, um, that you know, based off of what CIG says by the line, there is a, there is an addition with the um, with some sort of other tool that they're developing, which will allow you to track commodities and um, loading and unloading timers, like how long it will take to load and unload yeah. your, those cargo things. So I think and you're still going to have the magic poof, the boxes in your in your ship and poof box, box out of your ship but there'll be a timer when the boxes are fully in your ship or fully out of your ship. So, well, if, if they are individualized as units, you might see them, 
poof, 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 at, yeah. uh, at a steady stream. Yeah. And, and so if you take off early, you'll be taking off with half a load. Yeah. 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 So like there'll be some sort of progress tracker where it's like, and box loaded, and box loaded. And you'll be able to see it in your ship as it just kind of blinks into existence around you. So <laughs> Hopefully faster than that for my Hercules. <laughs> 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 I want to see box loaded, box loaded, box loaded, box loaded, box loaded. <laughs> Um, all right. Steve B. Dancer asks, what do you think the refining ship expanse and do you feel it was a ripoff of the TV show? You say ripoff. The name I sure say, is. I say homage. <laughs> um, homage. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much a homage to the Canterbury, the, the ice hauler from, uh, from, from the expanse. So, uh, the name, eh, CIG is bad at names. But they have some good names, but some you you yeah, wonder but, if you know in in what sort of a rushed uh, bar they, uh, they they came up with the approval. Honestly, if they sent that name back to the community for suggestions, I would be happy. Yeah. After all, it hasn't been it hasn't been offered for sale yet, so yeah. it's uh, there's certainly plenty mm-hmm. of time at this point to send it back with a name like most of the others in the mist line reflects something of its purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the smelter, you know, you can call it something or, or, or the crucible. Well, no, the crucible's uh, anvil. Crucible's <laughs> taken. Yeah. But, um, but, but still, you, yeah. you got freelancers, Starfare, um, Odyssey. Yeah. Um, they can come up with something. It doesn't have to be that directly related. Yeah. The catalyst. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, see, I see a suggestion here for Cauldron. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, but I think I feel like they could even be more creative with from the from stuff from the TV show. I'm sure there's something in the TV show related right. to something. Like they could they could have called it the, uh, um, uh, gosh, what is it? There, there's a there's a there's a, a, No, no. <laughs> you know, I think CAG are kind of running into the problem of like, oh, we have all these ships mm-hmm. and we have all these things to name, and we're out of names. Yeah, they are and we're tired of, of thinking up the names. Thought. They're not the out things. of names. They're not out of names. They're they're out of names. They're, they're reusing names that they should be thinking. They're out of Latin names. They need to go away from Latin and English and start looking at other things. <laughs> there are other languages, CIG. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, e- e- you know, even if you're just looking about constellations and Greek, colors of the Greek yeah. alphabet, they've they hardly mined those yeah. completely. Um, yeah. I, was, I was thinking um, Hephaestus. Is a great name. You could easily have just uh, drawn through that out there. The Miscaphistus. It's the same, you know. Zuntide. Uh, <laughs> um, but because you already have Vulcan, so just just steal steal the yeah. the, the other name for Vulcan, which is Hephaestus. So yeah. <laughs> a little more know. Greek mythology. Yeah. There's 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 plenty of other sources to name, and and I suspect if they put a thread up on Spectrum, that we could get better suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to change it, though. I, I think, yeah, I think they already have all, you know all the concept materials done. Yeah, and they're like not going to want to go back and change change the name and everything. Well, well, actually, all they all they showed was concept art, and so yeah. there was no titles on the concept art. So this is this is the point in time where if they want to change the name, they perfectly could. Once they once they send it to a concept sale, and then it starts to get more complicated. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I guess they could, but would they is the question, I think. I don't think they yeah. will. I, I know Chris Roberts and CIG teams tend to, to dig in their heels, but I think if there was enough backlash they can, from people, yeah. they, they would. So, um, If they thought it would sell better, you yes. bet they would. <laughs> if, you know, and, and this is one of my beefs with the marketing department sometimes at CIG. It's like, you make a goof, turn a goof into a marketing opportunity. You know, um, you could easily just like, oh, yeah, we, we heard you didn't like the expanse. So we've decided well, you get to name it. Here's the poll. Tell Here's us your ideas. Poll, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, win <laughs> entry, just $10. No. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, this this was so rushed around the usual uh, path of, yeah. of a concept sale. I suspect for some reason or other, the, the marketing team got bypassed. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. So. Or there's, you know, some part of the review where someone goes like, no, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, it may, may be that Chris was just wasn't available because I know Chris has to approve all the names. So because uh, he, he's been busy, he's been in Montreal and he's been uh, out and moving over to, to Manchester and getting that all set up. So, yeah. Movies have working titles all the time and very yeah. few movies really wind up being released under their working title, although there are exceptions. Yeah, most of them snakes have. on a plane, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I I like that story where 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 like it was yeah. working title snakes on a plane and and Jackson said you keep I, I will work I will do this movie if you keep the name if you uh, keep that name it was just yeah. never was anything but a working title but this is actually opposite yeah. you know I'll buy that ship but you gotta really come up with a better name for it. Uh, all right, Inferno Droid Revised asks if a player or from a player gameplay perspective. How often should Quanta change prices, i.e. I. constantly, hourly, daily, etc.? There's depends. a question of yeah. There's a question of how um, quickly it changes versus how often you report it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, for example, they're they're facing something of a similar issue with planetary motion. Planets are moving constantly, but for the sake of gameplay, you're probably better off not to be calculating it constantly, but every minute or two, reposition it and recalculate your distances, and, and that's that. Um, so, you know, just like in the real world, um, prices for things change constantly, but they're, they're frozen, usually at the end of the, end of the trading day. Yeah. So there could be, you know, they're perfectly realistic to have a end of the trading day reporting, but when you actually get there, it would be slightly different. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I agree. I was going to say, so I say it depends on how it really up to C, up to CIG. And I think they'll, they'll find a balance in some cases. Yeah. They'll probably spike it. They'll, they'll say no one's going to this location and everyone's going here. We don't like people gathering around this big spot because it's hurting our servers. So let's just make the random mine out in the middle of nowhere suddenly strike all this, this you know, aluminum that we need. Go. <laughs> or, or, or just simply suddenly have it have a great big supply. You don't have yeah. to do it necessarily with price. You, you know, anybody that's traded in, 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 in precious materials in this game know that supply is just as important a motivator to, take, to get you someplace as the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the refresh rate of the prices is going to be very much tied to the server tech rate because you just can't go around that. 
Rapid but as far as controlling the economy, if you think CIG are not going to intervene in the economy of Star Citizen, you're <laughs> wrong. They um, are not going to let that thing simulate itself. They are going to do interventions on it. Otherwise, it I, would crash. People would crash it. I, um, I, I've been meaning to make a video for a long time on the economy of Star Citizen in terms of like how it's designed to work. And one of the things that people... I, I think a lot of people misunderstand is that this is not a free market. CIG is not building a free market system inside this game. They're building, economically speaking, uh, at best, a mixed economy. But they will always have the levers that they can pull to change the economy that they want to because they will always outnumber you nine to one. And if they want to, those those nine quantas could have hive minds and do whatever exactly what they want them to do. So they will always have the tools to prevent you from from uh, being the top dog, and and, and they don't have to be that blunt about it because they no. don't have to manipulate prices. They have all they all they have to do is manipulate supplies. Yep. Yeah. And the the rest the rest of their uh, clockwork system will take it from there. All they have to do is say yeah. that this place suddenly has a whole lot of laranite, and things are going to happen fast. Uh, or they can say that this place that used to have a lot of Laronite doesn't have as much. And so they can pull the levers very easily without having to look like they're engaging in market manipulation. Yeah. Uh, they can just do it by uh, working the supply end of supply and demand. Real easy. Because they, they are, they are, we, it is CIG's world. We're, we're merely players. That's all. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and definitely Tony Z has the understanding of economics <laughs> to <yes>. do it. <laughs> He, he definitely does. <laughs> uh, all right. Last question comes from Trouble Magnet, who asks, Yay. what type of ship or ground vehicle would be a better pick for the Expanse name than the current refinery ship? I feel like this topic has been Beat to death. kicked to death yeah. a million times in the last week. Uh, uh, if, if they switch names between the Odyssey and the Expanse, I mean, I could see Expanse being this deep exploration ship yeah. that you're going out there into the black, you know, very, very far. That sounds like something you would call the Expanse. But, of course, yeah. Odyssey fits just as well. But mm. if there was you know, anything um, that, that you would put the Expanse name to, it would be a deep exploration ship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to quote the Nubifier on this, the real character killer. <laughs> the expanse yeah um i would say the only other thing you'd use the expanse for is maybe a construction ship yeah. you know something something because it's it's that kind there's of there's a lot of other good names for construction though yeah i mean that's just reaching yeah, yeah but it's it's a it's yeah. a transfer it's a exploration it's exploration 100 yeah. percent of some kind you know um yeah, that's the last question. So thank you so much for joining us. Make sure, make sure you are uh, subscribing and following Ray's Guide on YouTube. Make sure you are ch using the Armory and checking out space, the Space Coder on uh, all of his different social medias. And if you'd like to join us live and answer your, uh, ask your own questions, we're here live on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. UTC uh, at twitch.tv slash theastropub. Feel free to come on down and join us. Uh, remember, if you're watching this on YouTube after the fact, like the video, subscribe if you want to see more, comment down below with your own questions. I'll come through and try to fill in if I can to. I'm sure the, the space coder will come around as well. Uh, and yeah. uh, like a, and, and maybe sacrifice the like and a comment for the YouTube algorithm. 
Yes. <laughs> Sac- <laughs> sacrifice the, the, you know, likes for the like God, uh, subs for the sub throne. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I've got a big ship giveaway going right now. So. There we go. <laughs> go there. Get involved in that ship giveaway. Uh, and like I say every time, hope to see you someday in the black. <laughs>